0: back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the
1: country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company on Past the Post for this morning, Sunday, May 23. We passed the post on May 22 and Zaki passed the post a long, <laughs> long way in front of his Dubin Cup rivals. It was a whitewash, it was a demolition and it was one for the ages a seven length margin. In near record time, Nathan Exelby.
2: Yeah, good morning, David. Morning, listeners. And I of post yesterday. There's only been eight horses in the last 30 years in Australia that have posted a Group 1 winning margin by seven lengths or more. So uh, three of those, Might empower Sunline and, and Winks. So uh, he's in a steam company on that front, but um, just exciting to think that he's here and now.
1: Mm. And the frightening part is the margin was seven lengths. It could have been more when you watch the replay and you've got to sort of take it all in. The last fifty metres, McDonald just sat up on him and virtually just just throttled him down as, as he went to the line.
2: Yeah, and you know, so much talk about the pace of the race. Well, they went lickety split, and he was he was even better under that scenario.
1: Every time they say there's no pace, I and mean, we all we all fell into the trap. Or most of us fell into the trap. But Brandenburg scorched along, and Zaki just tracked him all of the way. Let's have a listen back to yesterday's Group One feature, of the Channel Seven Doombin Cup. The first 1,400 metres, 1,25, 39. And Zaki, J-Mac said, we can wait no longer. He went up to Brandenburg, It was a spent force. And Zaki now heads for the run to the judge and is a clear leader of the cup. He is a big leader. Look at Zaki opening up. Three, four, five in front from Toffee Tongue. of Avilius, Brandenburg battling away, but back as if unbeatable. This is one of the easiest Dooban Cup wins in the history of the race. Zaki, absolutely dominant. Seven lengths. Toffee Tongue second, Brandenburg third. Fourth over the line was Natoya. Melody Bell, Humidor, shared ambition. Well back then was Avilius and Sir Dragonay, Last bar mugger, two. They finish way out the back in 2 1.06, and that is an incredible performance. It certainly was. Uh, the margin was seven lengths, and uh, he humbled his rivals. He humiliated them. Annabel was the trainer of Zaki, and naturally, she's first and foremost our special guest this morning. Annabelle, congratulations. We were only talking after the Hollandale. I think the first thing to ask, how is the. How has the pride and joy pulled up this morning? How is he this morning?
3: Yeah, he's pulled up really well. Um, he's already on his way out to the paddock for a couple of days um, while we work out what our next plan is. Um, but, yeah, he's eaten up and trotted up sound. So, um, yeah, the good thing with him, he seems to come through his races really well.
2: Annabelle, most of us were in awe of what we witnessed there yesterday. What, having had time to reflect on it, you can you believe what you saw either? Not really,
3: to be honest. Um look, I thought he could win. Um I was obviously very respectful of the of um of Stragane and Mugatu. Um so you know, it's hard to be uber confident when you're confident when you're taking on horses like those, but yeah, I mean to win in that fashion, I don't think I don't think anyone can expect that. Um, but he he'd been pleasing me at home and he seemed to have come on from the Hollandale, so um You know it probably was no surprise, but I think just the margin of it was was um not expected,
1: yeah, as we were saying just before you came on air, the margin was seven lengths but but James Mcdonald eased him down, so it could have been more, and the time he ran two one one point o oh six it's uh it's just a smidgen outside of the fastest two thousand meters at Doomben. and keeping in mind that he that he, that he was eased down. What about in the run? Um, there was so much talk about not much tempo on them. It was probably going to suit Zaki and not suit the others, but they hiked along, and uh, it was—he really had to run a strong two thousand meters yesterday. And, well, he did it with flying colours.
3: Yeah, he did. And I, you know, I know a few people were doubting whether he'd run the two thousand, but I was—I was very confident he would. I mean, he has in Europe, so mm. um, I, there was no doubt in my mind. Um, and you know, the Gold Coast—they didn't go quick, and they. And as a result, they ran home quick and he he sort of skipped away from them at the turn. But it was a a different race yesterday, as you said. They they looked, I haven't seen the sectionals um, and gone through the race in detail in that sense, but it looked to me like they were going a really strong tempo and he could kick off that as well. So I think that's going to be what makes him top class going forward.
2: You've already alluded to the fact that you've got a decision to make with him. When will you make that call on, on the Q22? And can you give us an idea of which way you're leaning at the moment?
3: Yeah, I'll make that in the next well, in the next day or two, I suppose. Um, because if he's going to go to the paddock, you want to get him out there. But um, it's, it's difficult because the $1.2 million race, you're a short price favourite um, you know, it's big prize money. It's it's hard to it's hard to ignore when a horse is up and racing well. Um, it's it's pretty hard to put them in the paddock, so we'll have to give it some serious thought. The only thing in the back of my mind is, you know, that performance yesterday has really stamped him as a Cox Plate contender. So um, I want to make sure he'll be peaking for that um, next time around. Um, but I think the the good thing with him, he'll only need I think a three week holiday. Um, these European horses, you know they're not used to having big long breaks they usually just have a month off in their winter, so I think he's no different. He had a month off anyway in December when he was um when he was coming over here, so um he's quite a big burly horse carries carries his condition well, so that will help us um have a sort of quick turnaround between now and the spring but i've I've just got to work out whether um going another three weeks. Um, you know, whether we can whether that's viable. So um, on the fence at the moment.
1: You're sure right about him being a, a Cox Plate contender. The market framers think so as well. He was $15 before the Cup yesterday. All of a sudden he became the $5 Cox Plate favourite. Can I just ask you a question, And just on a broader point? You've only been training for a relatively short time, but you've been with horses for a long time. When a horse like this comes along, and this has all sort of happened, this whole... Euphoria and hype in the last two or three weeks does it consume you a lot of, in the sense that um zaki takes you know the real pride of place and it it consumes your 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 training activities day by day because you you know you do train a lot of other horses too
3: yeah I think you've got to, it's important not not to let one horse do that to you um you know they're they're all important and there's a lot of nice horses in the stable, so um they're all treated individually, obviously you know he's he's certainly um a very special horse to us and um but you know they they all are and they're all looked after that way but it's really nice to have a it's you know it's nice this early on in my career to have that mm. um sort of hype horse i suppose it's it's good exposure for the stable and and um you know i suppose he's he's going to be the pin up horse we've got we've got Malunga as well so um you know we've certainly got two really exciting horses to go forward with next season
2: if we wind the clock back just a few weeks, James McDonald obviously has the choice of so many big race rides. It must have given you confidence back when he said that he wanted to ride this horse through the Queensland Carnival.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, especially, you know, he got beat on him at Ramwick, but I think he felt he didn't give him his best ride that day. So um, when he got off him that day um, in the JRA plate, he said, he said to me, this feels like a proper weight for age group one horse, so... Um, when James is getting off a horse and telling you that when it's been beaten, you, <laughs> your ears <laughs> it softens
2: the blow of defeat um, a bit, doesn't it? Given,
3: <laughs> he must have given him some sort of um, feeling. So um, it was no surprise that he wanted to stick with him and um, certainly would have, wouldn't have would have been getting him off after the Hollandale.
1: Just before we let you go, we saw the the owners, a selection of the owners at the Gold Coast. I think we saw more of them yesterday and they're right up there on the the stage, on the on the track, on the course proper. They look like a really good bunch of people enjoying their time.
3: Yeah, they're a great bunch of people, and and they're from you know a few of them are from Sydney, but quite a few of them from Melbourne as well. And they wanted to have a horse um, with me in Sydney, and really so that they could travel and have an excuse to get up to Sydney. So it's probably a bonus that they've got to the to the sunny state. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's nice that they all came, obviously bit of added pressure i had dinner with them all the night before and i thought yeah i hope he wins the all <laughs> made the efforts all come up here but um yeah they're great enthusiasts and you know in particular it was really nice carl holt's colors you know that he won in his colors and he's such a good supporter of, of the sport and you know he was the first person to call me when i went out training and, and said he'd support me so um it was a big thrill to get to get um I think he's been involved in a number of Group One winners, but that's the first one in his colours, so it's very special.
2: The carnival rolls on next week, Annabelle, to Eagle Farm. Is uh, the stable going to be represented there?
3: I think we'll just have Holyfield there, um in the in the Fred Best. Um mm-hmm. and then possibly a few more the week after, but yeah, at this stage I think just the one up here.
1: How did Olmedo pull up yesterday?
3: Yeah, he pulled up he he pulled up pretty well. Um he just they perhaps went a little bit lickety-split for him. I thought it was interesting that he ended up midfield relaxing. Um, you know, he, he's probably a horse. We need to find a race where he can dominate on speed. Um, there was a lot of speed uh, yesterday. Uh, but he's come through well, so we'll um, you know, we'll sit down with the connections tomorrow and work out where he heads next. Mm.
1: There's a few nice mile races over the next few weeks, so that may well seed him. And what about Wisdom yeah. of Water?
3: With some award, he ran well. He wasn't beaten far. Um, he just Craig Williams just said he he was a bit chicken at going between horses, which was interesting because he's actually never really been in that situation um, where he's had to go through gaps because he's normally put himself on speed. But um, yeah, he certainly ran well enough to be pushing on with, and he'll probably go to the Queensland Day Stakes.
1: Fair enough. Look, well, thanks for your time this morning and and, and all the time. You're very um, uh, generous with your time with the media and. Uh, It was a wonderful day for you yesterday. I'm sure there's many great days ahead with Zaki considering that performance yesterday. Thanks for this morning.
3: No problem. Thank you.
1: Annabelle Neesham with us this morning in the wake of Zaki's seven-length Dooman Cup win. Did you draw any conclusions there, Dave? Not really, no. No. Um, You know, you'd you'd like to see him there. It's it's an interesting situation, isn't it? If he doesn't go there... um, What's going to be in the Q22, and I'll come to that in just a moment. If he does go there, there's the likelihood of not many rivals, but his presence will will you know continue to make what this carnival is is shaping as so far as being one of the you know stronger carnivals, uh, more exciting carnivals in recent years. Yeah, that's
2: right. He certainly add a whole lot to 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 Stradbroke Day in in that you know you could
1: promote the fact that he may well be the best horse in the country at the moment. Um, the, but- the the, the post race story has to be. Put them in balance, though, and put it this way, I'll say from the start, nothing would have beaten Zaki yesterday. He won by seven. He could have won by probably eight or nine. But uh, the, the steward's report looks like the walking wounded. <laughs> Sir Dragonay pulled up with a cough. <coughs> Mugger was lame in the off four, and Avilius bled from both nostrils, stood down for three months. So we we didn't see, well, maybe not so Avilius, but we didn't see the best of Sir Dragonay and Mugger 2, but in saying that, uh, you can't um, turn the tables with such a you know a dominant margin. No, and I think Toffee Tongue's not a bad measuring stick,
2: David. She was beaten two point nine by Sir Dragon A in the the Tankard in Sydney. She was a lip and a lip away in, in a Turnbull last year. So she's a, a consistent mare at that that high level and. Yeah, she's obviously run a
1: race yesterday. Zaki's into a dollar sixty for the Q twenty two. Of course, that's a Group two race. It's worth pointing out. People sort of equate the the one point two million being Group one. No, it's it's Group two uh, on Stradbroke Day, June 12, three weeks away. Just on the time, I mentioned two one point oh six. It it shows there uh, the uh, track record. Real love, uh, which I think was in 2016, ran two minutes point nine six. Mm. So Zaki was point one slower on what wasn't a super fast track yesterday. Which no, was that's before. right. But it is worth pointing out that the the basic distance for the ten furlongs for years at doom was two thousand and twenty meters. Yes, and then that came back to two thousand. I think probably five or six years ago. Might and power mm-hmm. actually is the fastest doom and cup winner. He ran two minutes point five three, so he ran nearly a half second faster over twenty metres more. <laughs> and of course, that was in nineteen ninety eight when uh, tens of thousands, well, tens of thousands, but, but probably about ten thousand, arrived that day to watch him win. So that just puts puts things in perspective. But um, it was a a stellar performance and a, a carnival moment yeah. yesterday.
2: I think if James McDonald gets a vote, he'd be telling that they should push on. He he, he was adamant yesterday that you know, really hopeful they go there. Um, and, you know, that's understandable. Yeah, <laughs> and and a, few, a few of the owners
1: were sort of keen to press on too. So really interesting to see how that plays out. And one, one thing we did draw from that that uh, can't be disputed, we won't be waiting three or four days or four or five days. No, it looks right. like a decision will be made in the next 48 hours or so. Yes. Let's push on and go to the dress rehearsal for the Queensland Oaks, the Roses, the last race of the day, Big Field of 16 three-year-old fillies and Grace and Harmony ousted bargain for favouritism first 1400 metres in 126.60 Wada, a packing field A led narrowly from Splendifus cutting the ribbons 3 and 4 wide was Easy Far, even deeper as they come around the turn was Only Words and Tycoon Evie is snatching it inside runner. Bargain is about 4 off them and now Grace and Harmony look, and look at her put in the big strides right down the outside, Only Words went up to Easy Far from Charm Stars in era Bargain and Grace and Harmony, Only Words has got the lead at the 100 metres and has got the prize, I'd say, only words in front and won the Roses. Beat home, bargain, good late, charm star third. I'd say just in front of Easy Far. Then came Signora Neera, Ruru, Designs. Grace and Harmony peaked on a run of the straight. Then gunmetal girl, Yatam. Well, only words tightened from $17 to $9, so double figures to single, fillet, single figures for the Queensland Oaks in two weeks' time and uh, beat most of those who she oppose in a fortnight.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's a wide-open oaks market, though, isn't it, David Uh, Dewis, the the left-field one who comes off the the Sydney oaks that we haven't seen here in Brisbane yet, but she had the better of them yesterday.
1: The colours we know well, of course, Uh, Denise Martin, star thoroughbred colours. Denise uh, has uh, good success everywhere in Australia, but she certainly has good success in Queensland as well, and I'm delighted that she's able to join us this morning to talk about only words as wind. Denise, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning.
0: Oh, you're welcome, David. Thank you.
1: And uh, I I, I am right in saying that you do have an uncanny um, amount of success up here.
0: Well, look, it seems to work that way. Uh, Fortunately, Chris brings a number of horses to, uh, you know, carnival horses to Brisbane every year. He has a very successful stable, of course, on the Gold Coast, and we were well represented there at the same time. So uh, I must say it was a bit of a surprise yesterday. I thought she'd run well, Mm. but when she hit the lead... um, I thought, this is really good, fantastic. We look like we're going to win a group two.
1: <laughs> and I'm, ju- I'm just noticing star thoroughbreds, of course, in the ownership, but there are a lot of other people involved in this.
0: Well, David, Chris sourced the filly from New Zealand. Um, he knew about uh, her race record over there. Uh, she'd won a stakes race, a listed race in New Zealand, and the breeder and owner was um, you know, keen to, uh, you know, obviously looked for um, an area where his stallion could be promoted, Swainess. And so Chris asked if, you know, the horse could be bought to come to Australia. And we became involved in the filly with quite a number of our people. uh, The breeder and owner and the New Zealand trainer stayed in the ownership. So it's a well-represented group, a lot of our people and a number of Kiwis as well.
2: I was going to say Swayness is kind of a left field stallion for the from the type of horses you normally buy and also buying a tried horse have you done that many times previously?
0: Uh, yes Nathan I did we we had a winner in fact on Wednesday at Ipswich called Masaf and uh, he was a, a tried horse that we bought a couple of years ago uh, on recommendation to Chris from Dermot Weld uh, he said the horse, that horse was owned by the Aga Khan, would be better as a gelding, could race well in Australia. And he's taken a, time, a little time to find his suite, but he certainly did nicely on uh, Wednesday at Ipswich. So it's not a market that we pursue uh, in large numbers, but we've had Humboldt Current race well up here recently. We probably have half a dozen tried horses uh, on our books.
1: Denise, you're in a position to, to, to answer this next question uh, uh, with a lot of authority uh, I'm thinking, you know, when, when I'm calling these races and looking at the ownership um, post-race when they come back to scale, we're seeing a lot of people in horses these days. The days of just having one or two owners is is seldom seen. Just at this very moment, uh, is the climate out there for, for, for... Are people really keen to become part of syndications and, and be, be involved in racing?
0: Oh, absolutely. Look, the prize money here is phenomenal in Australia. Uh, You can buy a lovely horse in Europe. Uh, You can buy a lovely horse in New Zealand. And in many locations, the prize money is much less than half than it is here. Mm. So prize money is a great attraction. Um, Horses now can travel. If they are successful here, they can go to Europe. They can go anywhere. Of course, you know, we've been traveling horses to and from New Zealand for decades. But uh, I remember when I started my business a long time ago, Tommy Smith said to me, For a fraction of the cost, you can have 100% of the enjoyment, and that's really what it's about. People can take families. Everybody can be involved in a racehorse, go to the races and watch the, the horse perform well, hopefully. If you're playing golf or tennis, it's just you. So it's. I don't think it's ever been a bigger a bigger market for uh, multiple ownership of horses in this country. I asked somebody the other day, well-versed in the finance industry, why the yearling market and then subsequently now weanling market here on the Gold Coast has been so strong. And a very learned person said to me, there was $60 billion worth of travel money. Where was it going to go? (laughs) And I guess that's probably sort of a big element of why this, um, you know, the, the sales season has been so strong in every area.
2: You had another horse there get black type, another filly get black type yesterday, Morioka, who didn't have a lot of luck off a wide gate earlier in the day.
0: Look, um, Nathan. She raced really well. We were delighted that she secured that type early in her career. She'll go for a spell up here now. Uh, Chris has had tremendous success racing horses in Queensland and, and spelling them here before embarking on a spring campaign. So, whether she's up to a princess series in Sydney, I'm not sure. But I think she's talented. Certainly, if she reaches 1400 and maybe 16 as well, I think she'll be better off. And uh, Nash said, you know, when he uh, Nash said when he rode her in that manner yesterday that it was just one of those situations he finished up back at the field um the horses in front of him basically stopped but they they slowed up dramatically so it was riding for luck and hoping the gap, gap opened he wasn't sure it would or he circled the field and you know she nearly pulled it off and ran very well
2: and the chapter closes next week on another one of your horses that's flown the flag in recent seasons in fiesta who goes to the magic millions national sale
0: Yes, it'll be sad to see, see her go, but she's done a great job. Uh, you know, she won five races. She was a juvenile group winner. And I know breeders really love buying uh, fillies that have been very successful at two. Um, you know, she all but won the flight stakes, got beaten half ahead in the group one, uh, You know, won the, the English Challenge, the um, the half-million-dollar race. So she's a million-and-a-half earner by I'm Invincible. I'm sure she'll find a home.
1: <laughs> Denise, always a delight to have you in Queensland. Congratulations with only words yesterday, and we look forward to seeing you in a, a fortnight's time come Queensland Oaks.
0: Many thanks indeed.
1: Thank you. Denise Martin joining us this morning. Great ambassador for racing, is isn't she? Yeah, doesn't and think. just continues to get a good horse, doesn't she? So what do we make of this race yesterday? I've got to say, I want to say when Denise was there, but uh, horses that win the roses don't have a the best of records in the Queensland Oaks. Three have won it, uh, Youngstar, uh, Scarlet Lady and Ethereal. But uh, she, she um, the, the fact that she beat most of her rivals, except for for Dewis, puts her in good stead. But yeah, I would, I wouldn't lose. I don't think Bargain would lose any admirers. I thought her work late was good, and twenty two hundred Eagle Farm, I think, will be just right. James McDonald, who rode Grace and Harmony, said there's he feels
2: there's not much between all of these fillies and barriers, oh. so luck and running plays a part, and the ones who get the the luck, uh, that's the way it pans out. So gee, it looks a tough Oaks, doesn't it?
1: Certainly does. Grace and Harmony, when I spotted her at the centre of the track, I was expecting mm. her to maybe even zoom past them. Just seemed to peek at her. End. Yes, she possibly did. Um, and, you
2: know, the, the way the time panned out, they were, were entitled to run on, weren't they? The, 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 the final section, 36, 7, 9. Um, so that would be a question mark for her, I guess, going to that extra trip. But the barrier sort of put her out of play there yesterday, I felt.
1: Chris Waller makes a habit of doing well on the Queensland Oaks. Of course, yesterday he provided first, third and fourth, and we haven't mentioned the third and fourth. Charm star ran third, and, of course, she'd been a runner-up in the New Zealand Oaks. We hadn't seen her since late March, so she oh. was first up in nine weeks. You would think uh, she's going to take good benefit from, from that, and no drama with 2,200 across the road. And Easy far had a wide gate, uh, but keeps putting it around fourth. So whatever the result will be, Waller is certainly going to play a strong hand in the Oaks, and that's in course two weeks time let's go to the brc sprint race eight on the card this um uh, crowded a lot of conversation in the lead up to it uh, with horses trying to to win it to get into the Stradbroke. and amongst those was the well-backed favorite garibaldi Emerald Kingdom eventually took it up. 700 left to run. Leads away from Ciccone, second and Groundswell in a good third. Fourth special reward and Garibaldi just trucking along nicely. Fifth on the rail. First 750 and 44.33. Then Stampy followed by Fender, Olmedo, Red Chase... Going wide, Axe, then Tefani, Rania sticking to the rail. Skins about eight off them, then Master Jamie. Forget about Crockett, they fan around the bend. And on straightening up, Emerald Kingdom led the way from Special Reward and Saccone. Garibaldi coming into it. So is Axe right down the outside. Even wider was Tefani. Soon afterwards, Emerald Kingdom is still the leader from Garibaldi trying his heart out. Then came Axe. Emerald Kingdom in front. Emerald Kingdom in front. Defying the rundown. And Emerald Kingdom wins. Beats home Tefani. Axe Third. Garibaldi, baby fourth from Fender, Red Chase, Stampy, then Rainier, Olmedo, Wellback Skins, Master Jamie, Sir Cody, Groundswell drop right out on Crockett. Last throughout in eight three. Emerald Kingdom successful. It didn't go unnoticed at big odds either.
2: No, $31 and I think Rob Heathcote just felt that the first up run was a total forgiveness. It's easy to remember in hindsight, but I remember the he how bullish he was going into that victory stakes about how well the horse had been going. So yeah, Rob sent a message out to his owners and golfing buddies that uh, this horse was over the odds and no um, doubt they celebrated long and hard last night.
1: It was his 10th win. Robbie Frad is his rider. He understands this horse well. He has an excellent association with him and he's our next guest this morning. Robbie, good morning. Morning, David. Morning, Nate. Tell me, tell me about this horse. You know this horse. He clicks with you
4: um yeah david he's, i've had a great um association with him um had quite a lot of success um with this horse and yeah he's a horse that um always said to rob you know um the the more aggressive and the more sweaty he comes to the races the better he runs <laughs> he's just he's just that type of horse um and uh yeah he's a real gutsy horse, and you know I just love riding
2: him. Robbie, on paper, it looked like this was a race with mad speed, and it, and it looked like it was going to play out that way after the first 100 metres or so. But when the, the pressure came right out of the race, didn't it, after that first sort of jostling for positions, and you were able to get in a pretty good rhythm uh, on your own?
4: Exactly, Nate. Like Rob and I said, you know, look, we'll just let him roll forward. Um, I might end up maybe a little bit deep, um, but as long as I don't take him back, you know, he's mm. not always you want to be doing that to. Um, I said I might be caught a little bit deep, but you know what he 's a free rolling horse, and let 's see what happens and I was very surprised, yeah, kind of just probably about the thousand. I just clicked him on a little bit more, um and I pretty much got there you know um in my own steam, so <laughs> I was happy about that, and i uh, didn't didn't have any pressure on the inside and, um I thought um now I can give him a little bit of a breather, which I did, and um just worked out perfect, yeah,
1: he went through that first seven fifty and forty four three you make a point this morning you actually made it yesterday post-race and i've talked about this before you know we, we sometimes people like ourselves who do the foreman videos we we see horses sit wide but i think you'll tell me this morning that that sometimes as long as the horse is traveling and feels comfortable with it himself sometimes being white is not not the the biggest concern that the, we think it might be
4: oh not at, not at all david look you've got to have the right horse to do it um you know, some pretty average horse would probably struggle to do that. But um, horses like him that enjoy that nice tempo, you know, you got you got to just let them kind of just go with him. Um, if you try and kind of try and come back or try and push forward, I think you just take them out of their comfort zone. And um, yeah, he's 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 a horse you can do that with. Um, and you know, and you always like to look at it and go, geez, you know, it's too much speed on the inside. Don't worry about it. You know, mm. it's fine. You know, if the horse is good enough, um, he'll win it. And um, And he's a gutsy horse, and he just did it. So, um, yeah, it's better because at least your horse has got that that room as well um, to use that big stride on him. So, um, yeah, it's it's great.
2: Robbie, last year you got down pretty light in the weights to ride tie zone in the Stradbroke. I imagine this horse is probably looking around maybe 52 mark, give or take. Um, Would you like to stick with him in the Stradbroke? And if so, is it a big effort for you to get down below the normal 54 limit? No, Wednesday I got traces. races. I got on the scale, I thought it was a bit heavy and I was
4: probably about 52, 51 and a half. So <laughs> I was pretty happy with myself. <laughs> so, uh, well, look, Nate, the thing is, he's in the Stradbroke, which is which is a plus, you know. Um, I think everybody's waiting, mainly waiting for the weights to come out. Um, I yep. think that's what that's what they're trying to do. And, and then they'll probably, um, you know, try and adjust their odds and, and see what they can get and what they can't because of the weight. So, um, yeah, I... I Said to Jeff, I think we, you know, we will ask Rob, and then if we can ride him in the Stradbroke, because he's in, and he's a tough 4000 meter horse. You know, he'll yep. have 52 on his back, um, which will make it even uh, better for him. I think. Look, it's going to be a very tough Stradbroke. Make no mistake. But I think he's on his home track. Um, you know, and he just walks over the little crossway there, and he and he's at the races. So, um, and Rob will keep him nice and just ticking over. So, 52 on his back, I think. I think he'll be there. You know, it'll be a good outside chance put it that way.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a good assessment and um they say Eagle Farmers are horses for courses track. Well one thing about Emerald Kingdom is he, he likes Eagle Farm and his record clearly shows that. What about just for our listeners who might see this and, and don't know, quite know the background, he goes to the barrier several minutes before the other horses and that's been that still happens to up till this day.
4: Yeah, David, he's um you don't want to keep him in the paddock too long because he he gets all worked up and um, you know he'll walk around. He's got a lot better than he was. Mm. Um, I still remember the first time he'd come back and I got on him. Gee, he was a ball of sweat and Rob said, "What he? They couldn't even put the saddle on him. They struggled to put the saddle on him." So he said, "Don't change the saddle when you get to the start." And anyway, of course I had to because the one side was hanging out and this was hanging out. I said, no, I can't. <laughs> so I got off him and yeah, it was pretty good. He he was jumpy and sweaty, but." managed um, to sort the saddle out. And yeah, he just doesn't like to be in there too long. And then once he gets onto the pony and he goes down, he's a lot more comfortable and um, he's happy.
1: Thanks for your time this morning. You're riding well. 45 Metro wins, your third on the ladder this season and um, a good live chance of the Stradbroke Handicap. Thanks thanks for being with us this morning, mate.
4: No, thanks to both of you. And, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm third. I'm hanging on to my third
1: spot thread, but I'm hanging
4: on. <laughs> I'm hanging on. I'm a <laughs> fighter. I don't want to give my third spot away.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Robbie Fred joining us this morning, yes. Third behind Jimmy Byrne and Ryan Maloney. But Emerald Kingdom, uh, I mean, look, I I couldn't have had him yesterday. I, I, I fell victim to thinking he would be caught wide, and mm. you know, wasn't that
2: impressive? You got with that race right to right? a
1: degree, though. You you potted the, the favourites in the morning, so you got that right. Well, I I go I, under the circumstances, I, you know, I thought Garibaldi ran well, but mm. I I do think that, Uh, He is a 1,200-metre horse. I think he proved he's a 1,200-metre horse yesterday because he presented to win the race, didn't he? Skins didn't help itself again by a slow getaway. Would have got back anyway and then ran into a bit of traffic in the straight, but I don't think would have been in the finish and actually pulled up, too, with mild heat stress. The horse that I like, Grantswell, had a good run, dropped out, thumps. And Sir Coney, sore and coughing, which I was after.
2: Tefani is a really interesting one, David, I think. She's set to go to the sale this week. Now, whether they press ahead with that or whether they now think gee, there's a Stradbroke in three weeks where she'll drop to, let's say, 54 kilos or so. Her run was outstanding under 60 kilos there yesterday.
1: I was saying to, to you yesterday, I just wasn't quite sure where she was at. I thought her run at Ranwick mm. was so-so and I thought her trial was so-so, but she she ran really well yesterday. Let's go to the inaugural running of the Pam O'Neill, fillies and mares at Group 3 level. Parody was the favourite, but a little softer the market. Let's hear the replay. They're strung right out. 62.01, the first 1,000 metres. an enterprising right here on Yamazaki comes up to the turn in front of from Graceful Glamour and Parody. They're giving brave chase. Then it's Lee Gem of Scotland full the Gay Soleil. In the straight, Yamazaki. Shanky, can she get the strong mile? She leads the way. Paradis is chipping into the margin. Graceful Glamour trying to go with her and nudges right down the outside. Yamazaki's all out now. Nudge on the outside's the danger. Nudge swept up, took the lead, raced away and won the Pambo deal. Nudge first, second Yamazaki, Parody third, then came It's Lee Graceful Glamour, Jim of Scotland, Le Gay Soleil, Akage, then Seen Too Many, and Sophie's Gold Class last home in 136 and 75. Well, Nudge uh, producing a strong finisher, a man that doesn't win out of turn, but yesterday all the stars aligned at the halfway mark when Yamazaki whipped around, took the lead, and um, upset all the speed, all, all the map yeah. makers. But in the end, uh, uh, it played in nudge's hands and Karen McAvoy, and she swept home to victory.
2: Yeah, certainly. Sort of, you'd say it brought graceful glamour and parody undone. Almost put, came off, didn't it? He, he looked the winner halfway up the running Yamazaki, but Nudge really relished that speed and was
1: able to bounce back into the winning list. She was ridden by Karen McAvoy. Had a great day at the office yesterday with a riding treble, and he's with us on past the Post this morning. Karen, thanks for your time. Morning, boys. Nudge. Uh, we were just saying before um, Yamazaki went around, put a bit of life into the race in the middle part, and that certainly played well into your hands.
5: Yeah, it, uh, it did definitely. It was um, Nudge is a, a mare that you, you know doesn't really take a forward spot in uh, many races mm-hmm. that she contests, and um, that was the case yesterday. Um, and then I was I was I was worried. I was very worried along the back when they steadied right up, um, and and it just turned out. A blessing when um, that horse did take off, it made it a bit more of a test. And, and to my, my mare's credit, she was able to come from uh, a long way off them, turning in and, and really mowed them down late with a great finish. So it was pleasing to get her home and, you know, in, in a nice race with a bit of black tight for, for her connections, given that she's been a while without winning. So um, great training effort by Chris to get her up here in great, get her up to Queensland in great form, and, and that's what she showed yesterday.
2: Doom is not known as a track where you can come from that far back. It's generally an, an advantage to be on the speed, but in consecutive races there yesterday, you were able to sit well back in the field, but the, the tempo helped you out, and you were able to get home not only a nudge but Vada as well.
5: Yeah, um, same sort of thing. She um, she actually played up a little bit in the gates, and I came out with one hand on the reins, and, and it was a bit rough, <laughs> rough and ready through the first part, and it was just a, as I said to James, it was it was more good luck than good management um, that, that, that we got the win, but. Um, they just sort of burnt along in that race, and the pressure was on, as you said. And just the way the track rode yesterday, the more races ran on her, it, sort of did um, suit those horses coming out wide and running on. And um, the pace really suited her yesterday, Vada, And, and she, she came with a barnstorm. We finished to grab them over the last 50. And
1: um, yeah, she, she, she put up a great performance. Karen. Uh the, the pace was there there to suit her, but when you watch the replay, she still gave away an extraordinary start, even halfway down the straight. And, I mean, if you fr- fr- froze the, the, the video, you'd say, well, you know, she'll run on to a nice third or fourth, but she went two to their one that last 100 metres. Yeah, she did. You
5: know, she she definitely hammered her. They stopped a little bit in front, obviously, but, but it was a, a top effort because, um, I must admit, after uh, 100 yards um, in, in the race, I thought, I oh, well, our, um, our chances are over, given we're so far back. But um, great effort by her. You know, she's a smart mare in her own right. She she put forward uh, a number of wins um, in a row a couple of preps ago. And um, James was happy with her first up run. And she was second up there yesterday. And, um, and, um, and, and
1: she was in stellar form. Your other winner was Kissicano. And uh, she broke a run of outs. But I think the thing that surprised most was before the race even started... She can be a real um, madam at the, the barrier sometimes, but yesterday she was probably, rel- relatively speaking, on her best behaviour, just went in.
5: Yeah, she did. Michael, um, he worded me up, and, and so did Mark Duplessis. Um, he'd written her a bit previously, and um, he said that both both people said that, that she'd been improving um, her manners, and um, she showed that there yesterday. She got to the gates and, and it was relatively easy to get in. Um, and she got out sharply to sit right behind the speed and use that low draw um to her advantage. And and uh it was it was a nicely run race and I was able to get the gap, press the button and away she went. She's very genuine and honest and um yeah, nice to get her home for a, a big group of owners there that were pretty happy to, to cheer her home and I think they had a nice win, so it was good.
2: Kieran, it looks like a very even oaks up here this year. You wrote a really interesting runner, I thought you'd say Charm Star, who was having her first run for, for some time. What sort of improvement do you think she's got going towards Eagle Farm in a fortnight?
5: Yeah, I think she's got a nice improvement. It was her first run since that um, New Zealand oaks, and um, she uh, put forward a nice performance there yesterday. I, I felt that um, she travelled over well. I wrote her once in a piece of work earlier in the week before she travelled up to Queensland and... She's not overly big, but she gave me a nice feel in her work, and, and it was a nice run of me yesterday. So you like to think that um, you know, getting onto a bigger track a little bit further, uh, if there's a bit of rain around, I'd say that it will suit her. Um, she, she, she doesn't mind. I think she doesn't mind a bit of juice in the ground, just given the way she felt yesterday. So um, I'd be looking for a little bit of rain. I think she's a nice, you know, a nice top three chance, a good each way chance there in the
1: Oaks uh, in two weeks' time. Next Saturday, of course, two Group Ones: the Queensland Derby and the Kingsford Smith. What are you looking forward to riding this weekend coming up?
5: Um, yeah, Kingsford Smith. I've got trekking, um, so we're hoping back to, to Eagle. Uh, sorry, back to Eagle Farm can can suit him. If he gets a little bit further, and um, I'm sure if we can get a dry track for him, it might just help him as well. Um, and guess um, I'm looking forward to riding him. I've got Giannis in the size Podius and. Um, he uh he can improve going out and trip a little bit. He got back and and um sort of ran up behind them and then his run just ended the last hundred yards, so he's going to strip fitter going into the size produce. And I wrote book arrest in the derby and he put up a great performance or a better performance there last time anyway. And um he, he, he rode as though he's enjoying his time in uh, with a bit of sun on his back up there in Queensland. So he can uh, he can be an each way player for me in the Derby as well.
1: Can I just quiz you just a little bit further on trekking, just to the to the eye to, to to watching the race? The last two times, he seems to have loomed and then peaked. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, I think so. I mean,
5: I didn't ride him the first time. That um, uh, when when Hughie rode him um, at the Eagle Farm when he hit the front and then he, he did look to just die on his run. Um, and and maybe a little bit similar the other day, but I, I felt it was more of the ground the other day. He, Mm. He, he, he loomed around the corner, and I thought, right, I'm going to pick them up here. Um, Eduardo obviously battled on strongly and was was very game uh, winner of the race. Um, I just got the ground went against him a little bit, and he's another horse I think is just improving in the coat. And he's going to be, I, I, I really do think he'll be cherry ripe for, for Saturday's race. So um, I'm not sure what the weather's meant to be, but someone did say that it's meant to be dry all week. So hopefully that can be the case for trekking on Saturday.
1: Thanks for giving us your time this morning. Congratulations on a a good day yesterday with the riding treble. Thanks, boys. Have a good day. Karen McAvoy joining us there this morning, talking about uh, his winning treble yesterday and what's happening on Derby Day on Saturday.
2: Yeah, he's he's an interesting one, trekking. You're sort of in the anti-trekking corner, aren't
1: you? Uh, Yeah, I I take on board about the tracks, but I just, you know, mark him higher than Mm. that. I I expect better. Um, So it's been two times in a row now, so... You know, whether it's third strike and you're out or maybe he's already out with me. But uh, we'll see what happens. He's got a remarkable record in Queensland. Karen McEvoy, I looked it up at the start
2: of the come. I don't think any jockey's ridden more Group 1 winners here than he has in the last um, 10, 15 years. And um, he just comes up here and in the right spot at the right time. The producer
1: made another mistake. He's just come in to correct it. But. Um... Speaking of being a tough marker. And the most simplest of mistakes as well, honestly. But anyway, (laughs) let's push on and go to the Bill Carter Stakes uh, listed feature for the two-year-old fillies. And this was a busy finish. 35-76,
6: 35-76, the first
1: 600 metres into the bend. Rhapsody Rose going better than Dovetail Diva. But Hoover Lucy and Morioka are closing strongly. Stellar Magic just behind them. Socialist needs to make them about three or four lengths. Rhapsody Rose the insider tackled and joined by Hoover Lucy. Morioka will have the last shot. Hoover Lucy on the outside coming after Rhapsody Rose who won't give in. Here's the post-photo finish. Rhapsody Rose kicked courageously in a camera with Hoover Lucy and Morioka. Mimi Lagarde running on, then Stella Magic, Socialist, Pearls and Pims. Dovetail Diva weakened badly. And Trailing Them Home was laid in 110.68. And I'd say Rhapsody Rose will get this. And she did buy a short half head from Hoover Lucy and Morioka. This was the only winner I backed all day, but actually it was double figures in the morning and, and started single figures. Good, tough performance, but I will say on balance, both second and third ran really well. I mean, they were victims of their gates and they weren't beaten all that far, particularly Hoover-Lucy.
2: Yeah, full credit to the winner, though. Like, I thought Hoover-Lucy had her covered the whole way up the straight, yet Rhapsody Rose kept finding, kept finding under pressure. And, um, no, look, I was on Hoover-Lucy. It was as close as I got all day, David. But in the end, I thought the, the other one out tougher.
1: Certainly did. Rhapsody Rose is a filly that seems to escape the, the, the eye. She's always at good, at good odds and never runs a bad race. The man who knows her well is Chris Munns, her trainer. He's with us now. Chris, good morning. Yeah, hi, David. How you going, mate? I'm um, well. Congratulations. Uh, good to see her win a listed race. And as I said, she's never put a foot wrong right from the get-go.
7: No, no. She's just um, She's just very tough. Um, David from when we first got her as a yearling and and the whole sort of educational process and first day we took her to the trials she got lost, her legs were everywhere and she actually speedy cut herself quite badly just through inexperience and not knowing what to do and trying to do things too quick but um, once once she sort of started to realise what it was all about she just kept on improving all the time
2: She's had an interesting history to this point, Chris. Of course, that that incident on on the week before Magic Millions, which put Justin out of the saddle for quite some time, has has been well documented. Is she more mature this time around? She's
7: look. I think she's still a work in progress, Nathan. I mean, she she went out to the track on the track early yesterday. She still gets herself pretty worked up, um, and it's just I think it's just a time thing, with her and a maturity thing. She's not nasty or anything like that, but she does. She does get herself a bit worked up before before her races.
1: Good thing about her, too, is uh, she takes any bad luck out of the equation. She jumps well. She's got good speed. Where do we head with her now after yesterday? Uh,
7: Dave, I think I'll back her up. She'll run next Saturday in the, um, okay. in the Sires. And then we'll go to the, to the uh, mile of the JJ. I think that's uh, what she's looking for. Um, Badini's girl, she'll go to the Sires as well. And I'll, I will assess her after there, whether she goes on to the JJ or whether she comes back to the Oxlade. Um, after the size produce, but they're two, two very, very nice fillies.
2: You've certainly got your babies going great, Guns but Birdini's, has been terrific this time in as well.
7: Yeah, well, she was only a cheap little buyer. She only cost 35000 know, in the English Classic Sale and she's now stakes uh, placed. Um, and, you know, I think she's just, she's just a little sweetheart. She does everything by the book and um, there's no fuss with her. She goes about her business and, and is a good little galloper
1: must make mention, too, of Justin Huxtable. Bart Sinclair made a good point to me yesterday. He said he's bloody hard to get past in a tight finish.
7: And he's very strong, David. I mean, you look at that finish yesterday. It was a, it was a busy finish with, you know, probably three of the best riders in Australia, with Hugh, Hugh Bowman, McAvoy, mm. um, and McDonald in the, in the mix there. You know, they were... they were, Or Nashville Willis, sorry. You know, they were three, three Group 1 riders, and, and Justin held his own with them and um, looked every bit as strong as him to the line. And he, um, he certainly he's improved in leaps and bounds in the last probably six to eight months
2: stampy ran pretty bravely yesterday didn't he chris he had all sorts of well no luck at all from from the wide draw
7: no no luck at all nathan you know he um craig sort of had a plan in mind where he was going to try and let the speed go and try and find the spot behind it but that um it didn't work out in hindsight you know he probably would have been better off rolling forward the winner had a picnic in front and um, you know, was able to get away with a cheap race sort of thing. And I thought Stampy was four wide the trip and still on the corner, but it was coming on. So a bit of a shame. Where we go with him now, I don't know. Most likely we will probably run in the Morton, um, hoping that we have one last crack of maybe getting an entry into the Stradbroke. Otherwise, I don't think he'd make the field.
1: Fair enough. Good, good work yesterday with Rhapsody Rose and I uh, look forward to seeing her and Bedini's girl over the next few weeks.
7: I appreciate it, David. Thanks
1: very much. Thanks, mate. Cheers, idea, mate. Chris Munns joining us this morning. Justin Huxtable he'll uh, win the apprentices' uh, title by as far as you can kick your hat if you wear one. But he's also performed very well against the senior jockeys. He's thirty-seven and a half wins, so he's he's had a a, a few uh, rough spots, but uh, riding wise, he's doing particularly well. Yeah, as Chris said, he's strong and and
2: he's uh, he's game too. Like he, he's not afraid to point one through a needle eye opening.
1: Well, let's have a listen to one final replay, the listed Chief De Beers, and this is uh, the race where Vardas swept home from stone motherless last, as we say, to victory. Kylie's one-length Sugar Boomer. The Odyssey, third defence. Mashani Hustler, fourth in Tycoon Ace. King of Hastings deep, just stormed in the rail. The Astrologist three-wide with cover. Needorp is strung up in traffic. And then came California Zimbal, shuffled back to fourth last, followed by Zania, Varda and Spurcraft in the straight. Kylie's leads the way by the 300-metre pole from Sugar Boomer, the Odyssey, going to the rails. Then Mashani Hustler, Tycoon Ace. These back in the field not making a lot of ground at this point. Kylie's is still the leader. 100 metres left to go from Mashani Hustler and Sugarboom. Here's Varda right down the outside. Kailis in front. Varda is absolutely flying and Varda got up and beat Kailis. Third over the line, Mashani Hustler or Zaniya. Followed then by Tycoon Ace, The Odyssey, Just Justorm, Sugarboom, The Astrologist, King of Hastings. Well back in the field was Needorp and Spurcraft and California Zimbal amongst the tail-enders in the Chief De Beers and Varda like a shot out of the gun. Has beaten home, Kylise. Yeah, like a shot out of a gun. right? Oh, no, it was on <laughs> Kylie's Beauty. This uh, mare, I thought, was creditable at Hawkesbury without being exciting, yeah. and I was just a bit uh, lukewarm about her because when I saw those string of winds, they were on heavy tracks mm. in the winter of last year, but that was a, whatever way you look at it, that was a tidy field of short-course spreaders, and she came from last. It,
2: yeah, yeah. They've run thirty four ninety seven, which on a good surface is pretty slow for eleven, ten around Doom. Mm. So they were on on the tired legs the leaders and she was able to get there. Like Hustle, Hustler, Les Ross has almost pulled up some sort of a coup there, a hundred to one first up running a running a place. But it was a complete blowout really. She was
1: ten dollars the winner, as twenty one, a hundred and one, twenty one the fourth horse. Prince of Aragon won the first. He's an informed stay for John Thompson and uh, Craig Williams and Willow Book ended the cart, won the first and won the last. And Kate Cowan, I think that was her first Saturday Metropolitan winner on cloak and it was a damn good win. Uh, didn't begin all that well. Went up outside of right or wrong and put the pressure on and then went by it and, and staved them off. Yeah, no, it
2: was uh, all honest to cloak. It took a while to come right this preparation, hasn't he, But
1: um, his last two have been good. Well, that was uh, Doom and Cup Day. Terrific day of racing. Magical weather, as usual. Let's hope we get the same sort of weather for Kingsford Smith Cup and Queensland Derby Day next Saturday at Eagle Farm, where we'll be for the next three Saturdays as part of Stradbroke season. Still a bit more to come on past the post. Thanks for your company. We'll take a short break. Past the post on Radio Tab. We've dissected the Doom and Card. Let's go to Rose Hill. The feature yesterday was the Lord Mayor's Cup at listed level.
6: Approaching the turn, Knight's Order in front, Wugok under a punishing ride. The Lord Mayor still travels well behind them in third from Orwood. Three further back to Polly Gray. Gray Lion and Parry Sound about six off the lead as they straighten up. Knight's Order in front. The Lord Mayor's had the gun runner. He goes to a Knight's Order a half length away. A couple off to Polly Gray and Parry Sound still four off the lead. It's the Lord Mayor and Knight's Order. But Parry Sound and Polly Gray are closing in now. The Lord Mayor is running it empty. Polly Gray and Parry Sound wide out. It's Polly Gray and Parry Sound. Polly Gray with the head in front. Polly Gray d- does it again. Be- Parry Sound photo for third, the Lord Mayor or Stockman. Then came Ameka and Knight's Order, who certainly set a good enough speed up front. Then came...
1: You'd like to think that there'd be a race up here somewhere along the line for Polly Gray because she's in rare form. She won the Gosford Cup and then the Lord Mayor's Cup yesterday. Yeah, particularly when you think
2: that Dooman Cup, what happened there yesterday, that, that pool of horses is going to thin right out. So, um... Yeah, definitely you'd think she'd be on her way up here. Took forever to win a race out here in Australia, David,
1: but now has won three of a past four. Yeah, certainly going uh, well in a, a purple patch of form. I mentioned next week, of course, the Group 1s are the Derby and the Kingsford Smith, but it's a terrific car. We've got the Fred Best Classic, and that is already creating enormous interest with the presence of Ayrton. Mm-hmm. He's arrived here. Mick Price is here looking after him, and Mick walked the track on Thursday when he arrived. He was happy with the track, so... We look forward to seeing Ayrton with uh, Jamie carter right? so she'll be another feature of the meeting. Creates a lot of publicity. Lord Mayor's Cup, 1,800 metres. Premier's Cup, 2,400 as they go towards the Brisbane Cup. The size produce, a million dollars in prize money, and the Helen Coghlan for the Phillies and the Lord
2: Mayor's Cup, Holmesman's going towards mm. that race, the Australian Cup winner.
1: And, of course, don't forget today, too, a big day at Shah Tin. We've got uh, group racing there, the Sha Tin Vars Group 3, and we've got the Group 1... Chater Cup, one of the few races they have there over 2,400 metres, where Exalted is the favourite. So a big day of racing at Char Tin during the latter part of the afternoon and early evening. Nathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, David. Nathan X will be joining me, and, of course, he'll be with us right through the Stradbroke season and the whole carnival here in south-east Queensland. Thanks for your company. It's been an enjoyable show, spoken to plenty of people, and we'll be speaking to plenty of people tomorrow morning on Press Room as well all of our regular panellists and uh, a few other guests into the bargain. Until then, bye-bye.